This is 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. I'm Elvis Iverson and this and with El, with Errol Anderson and um Betty Olson and Marty Paris. 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast is an international project in 72 Nations where 72 Nations can call into a live conference call for prayer, healing, deliverance, throne room encounters. Angelical encounters, prophecy, visions, social, um, 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 soaking presence, God, revival, anointing, and breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, when did I start doing this? These conference calls. Well, in in 2013, the Lord led me. It was me and um, um, it was at that time we were SIM, Apostolic Conference Call. Hallelujah. And it was Elvis Iverson and. And Rodney Folkers. Rodney Folkers is a missioner. He was a person that was, um, you know, a farmer, and and he um, was selling the the wind blowing, and also he had a, a conversion. Hallelujah. And and he would just go to the mountains of Montana and seek the Lord, and and he was a missioner. Hallelujah. And he was a a, a pioneer, and he's a co labor a co labor and co-founder for Supplication National Ministry and Global and Commission Apostle Trinity Church. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. And amen. Praise God. And then um, when we formed um, 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast, hallelujah, um, the Lord let us do it. Hallelujah. Amen. To reach the 72 nations. Because God gave me a dream about 72 nations. Hallelujah. And apostles in 72 nations. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, hallelujah. Errol Anderson is the burden bush of North Dakota. Hallelujah. He is an apostolic teacher. Hallelujah. He has been to a, a certain number of nations. Hallelujah. As as a missionary. Hallelujah. And and, and he is a, a person that prays and fasts and, and um, follows the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a true... Pentecostal, hallelujah, praise the Lord, an old-timer, hallelujah, that um, continues to be renewed by the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen, and and um, glory to God, and, um, and and then you have Betty White, Betty White is a intercessor, is is a, leads a prayer group, hallelujah, and, and, and in the past she was a um, part of um, administrator and, and intercessor for, for big Ministries, a couple of big ministries in the past, how she really influenced and helped and aided. And now she's leading this prayer group, hallelujah, that meets in Phoenix, Arizona, hallelujah, that, that, that's um, praying for divine change in, in America and in other nations around the world. And she moves in healing and deliverance. Marty, um, um, Paris, um, Paris is, is a warrior of God. He is a warrior of God, a warrior of God, hallelujah, and and um, he led a, a for a time he led a, a spirit of warfare network in Nebraska, and then the Lord um called him to help raise up global and commission apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah. He is one of the pillars and co-founders and co-labors of global and commission apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah. Praise God, and and I'm glad that he has come a part of Seventy Two Nations Conference Call podcast, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Amen, hallelujah, and and I'm Elvis Iverson, Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My articles are read 
um, by many across the world. Um, my ebooks and 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 people watch my seedcast videos and and listen to our podcast. It's Hallelujah, praise God! I mentored several people around the world: apostles and prophets, fivefold ministers, business people, politicians. Hallelujah, glory to God! Many people have have been influenced um, by this ministry in India and in the Philippines and Africa and and several nations around the world. Hallelujah, praise God. Um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. I was already in a traditional church, but I wanted to know the Lord more, and I kept on calling upon the Lord. And one day, the Holy Spirit, I, I, I prayed a prayer, and I said, I want to serve you all that is in life. I give my life to you. And it was like somebody opened the door of my bedroom, and it was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking tongues. Hallelujah. When I was 14 years old, hallelujah, I heard the voice minister my word. The voice of Jesus ministered my word, hallelujah. I heard it three times, hallelujah. When I was 16, I began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. When I was 19, hallelujah, I had an encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ. In, in, in hallelujah, encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Jesus Christ appeared to me. He's, he asked me how many members I want. And he gave me a vision for my life, a vision for my church, a vision for my ministry, and a vision for Omaha, Nebraska. And he laid his hands upon me and reached his power in me. And from that day forward, I started flowing in word rivers, opposite river, prophetic rivers, the deep prophetic, signs and wonders, hallelujah, the gifts of the Spirit, the blitz gifts of God, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, amen. There was a time, amen, right after I got done with Bible college and I began to minister on the reservations and in Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota, I would have visions, um, 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 several visions of heaven and some visions of, of hell and, and several visions of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, that, and now we're in a day where, where I've translated to many nations and I've also teleported. Hallelujah. And, um, and also um, I, um, I've been having visions going up in the throne room every day. And exploring the many heavens, God has given me the revelation of the many heavens, hallelujah. But also God has led us to um, to plant a church in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Global, first of all, Global Anna Commission Apostle Training Church, hallelujah. It is a radical, normal church. It is, it is um, a church of, let me tell you, it is um, um, a community of home churches. Each Global Anna is a community of home churches with a sanctuary. And Global Anarch is an association of churches in many cities and many nations. Global Anarch is a radical normal church, a mission-based church, a home church-based, a family-based church, a house of prayer-based, a supernatural encounter-based. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you're looking for a church, amen, for Global Anarch, you can find us on Facebook uh, or or um, uh, or um, visit um, ElvisIverson.com. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so, but Supplication Ash Ministries has been ministering for years. That's the name of the ministry. Um, 17 Nations Conference Call Podcast is a part of that. And um, you can visit ElvisIverson.com and become a partner and plant a seed. Hallelujah. And 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 um, and get connected. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And click on the SM Torch and get connected. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to mail us a donation, you make the checks out to Supplication National Ministries and the member rate donation and the mail to Supplication National Ministries, P.O. Box 8132, Omaha, Nebraska, 68108. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, you can get by the cash app. The, uh, the cash app. It's the money sign, then SIM Omaha. You can get through PayPal. It's paypal.me slash SIM Omaha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And and um, 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our messages, um, we have our podcast um, once a month, hallelujah, except just in December. Hallelujah. And the number to call in is is 516-597-9857. Hallelujah. Praise God. And and that is in Central Time Zone. Central Time Zone. That's Central Time Zone. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're calling from the outside of the USA, hallelujah, you have to enter um, that number plus the access code, which is 3441921 plus the pound sign. Also, you can go to com. hallelujah. Amen. And we have more information about... Um, um, 17 nations comes called pockets. We have 70 numbers that, that a number for 70 nations that you can call. And also, there's an app that you can download. You can go to a free conference call and you can download this app. Hallelujah. You can download this app. Hallelujah. Either on your phone or on your computer. Hallelujah. Where you can call in free and you just got to enter the meeting ID is SIM team. Hallelujah. Praise God. And um, um, one thing is um, you want to. Ch- with the center time zone, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, and if you want to check your time zone, you can go to worldtimebuddy.com, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah, and glory to God, so, so, um, also we have a, a partners list, amen, hallelujah, you want to become, um, receive more from the 72 Nations Conference call, it's a Google group, hallelujah, and you can say, hey, just prescribe me to your 72 Nations Conference 72 Nations Google Group, hallelujah. And also follow Elvis Ives on Twitter, hallelujah. Praise God. The no times and dates, hallelujah. Also, we have a Facebook page for it, which is 72 Nations Comes Called Podcast. And after after these messages, after these messages are done, amen, hallelujah, they are uploaded to our podcast, hallelujah, which is anchor.fm 72 Nations. And, and also, Elvis Iverson has. A, a um, podcast is anchor.fm Elvis Iverson hallelujah praise God hallelujah amen and um amen and and Errol Anderson has his own podcast hallelujah amen anchor.fm slash Errol Anderson E R R Y L and then A N D E R S O N Amen. Hallelujah. Pray, praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me just, I want to pray for everyone here that's listening to this message right now. Hallelujah. I want to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, the Lord, Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, for everyone who's listening to this message. It will influence me in the church of the world of God and the 72 nations. Oh God, Lord, I pray, Lord, let let many people come from each of these nations into this uh, uh, call. This comes call, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and let revival come to the seven two nations of God. Raise up apostles, prophets, raise up the new apostolic ones, and establish the thesis of the reverend. Establish the reformed grace message of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, let everyone that has called up, that partake, hallelujah, that's influenced by this ministry, bring forth multitudes of breakthrough, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God. Lord, I pray, release deliverance, eating, healing, healing, miracles, creative miracles. Release freedom in Jesus' name. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, man. Lord God, I pray, Father, for breakthroughs, restitution, restoration, restoration, healing. Amen. Hallelujah. And freedom to come to people. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And Father God, I pray. Amen. 
I release the revival anointing. Release multitudes of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the God of the Bible. I believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, three in one. I believe in the virgin birth, the death, burial, and resurrection, and your ascension, and your second coming. I believe that you're forgiving me of all my sins. You wash my, you wash me from all my sins. You read my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you have saved me. Lord Jesus, come in my heart, live and abide with me forever. Lord Jesus, confess you as Savior. Lord Jesus, confess you as Lord. Anoint me to serve all the days of life. Lord Jesus, save me now. Lord Jesus, save me. Let me be born again. I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you, and help me to serve you all the days of my life. Save me now in Jesus' name. Let me be born again in Jesus' name. Come in my heart and live and abide with me forever. Fill me full of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stay tuned, hallelujah, for our next episode. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is just the introduction of, of 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord over all nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Amen. This is 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our next conference call will be uh, um, September 17th. Yeah, September 17th at 9 a.m. Central Time Zone. Hallelujah. Um, after this, um, um, our um, conference call, this will be uploaded on anchor.fm slash 72 nations. Hallelujah. I also have a podcast called um, anchor.fm Elvis Iverson. <laughs> Errol Anderson has a podcast, anchor.fm. FM slash Errol Anderson. That's E R R Y L A N D E R S O N. And Marty Pierce has a um, Pierce has a um, conference call, which um, no, he has a podcast called Anchor Daughter FM. Rolled water for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And and um, and Betty, who's from. Arizona, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, defending the southern border, hallelujah, um, every um, Wednesday, every Wednesday, um, well, here in the center, 3 p.m., uh, USA, hallelujah, um, conference call, hallelujah, and the phone number is 702 Five zero four one extension three seven three four three four and then the pound. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah! Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. Um, um, Betty. Yes. Okay, well, I say good morning to everybody on the call this morning. <clears throat> We're going to have a lot of Bible verses today. 
we all know that the world is in turmoil right now. It's not fun what's going on. But I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about what the Lord is saying about a lot of this. But first of all, I'm going to pray Ephesians 6:10 over us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness and high wickedness in high places. <clears throat> Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girdled about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you stand to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplications for all saints. As I said, I know we all know we're in a spiritual warfare. The situation on this planet is not good right now. <clears throat> and we need to put the armor of God to protect ourselves. <clears throat> I don't only put it on for myself. I put it on for my family members every, every morning as well. I start my morning outside praying for my family. Um, and praying for myself and praying for our country and praying for our leaders. <clears throat> so we need to cover ourselves with the army of God. Jesus in, in Luke 9 and 1 says, Jesus summoned together his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority over demons and power to heal every disease. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm, to heal the sick and demonstrate that the kingdom has arrived. The body of Christ is not doing this today. We're not finding this happening in a lot of places. We need to be out there <clears throat> with the power and the authority of Jesus to break the demonic strongholds. There are demonic strongholds over our leaders, over our governments, over our church, over our families. We're called to heal every disease. I notice in the Bible it says every disease. We are called to do this. We're to preach God's kingdom. Jesus, the one prayer where the people said, Jesus, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. And he said, pray this. And what he, part of what he prayed was that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Our churches, our kingdom does not look like it is in heaven. We have let down God. It's time for us to take a hold and make sure we're covering ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We're walking in the fullness of Jesus. We are filled with the goodness of Jesus. We need to be powerful men and women in God, which is what he called us to be. We're in a battle. We know we're in a battle. Our governments are, are, are being destroyed by <laughs> Satan's kingdom. Many of them are. In 1 Samuel 17, 47, it says, The battle is the Lord's. Now, we know the battle is the Lord's, but in Jeremiah 51, 20, it says, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you, everybody on this call, 
I will break the nations in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. With you, I will break in pieces governors and rulers. We have a responsibility to be praying for God's kingdom on this earth. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to walk in God's anointing and power. We need to walk in his presence by the power and blood of Jesus. We are told in First Timothy to pray for rulers and leaders. We are told this is our responsibility. I think many of the problems we have because the church, the body of Christ, has not been praying for leaders. I was in Russia back in the 1970s, went to the big Baptist church, and three little old, in fact, I, I, I thought they were little old ladies, followed me out trying to talk to me. And a girl from Sweden was there that said, would you like me to inter- interpret for you with these women? So we stood in the middle of the street, in the middle of the street. These two old ladies, who I thought were old, I found out later they were probably only in their mid-30s. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in communism, I guess. Anyway, they said to me, we pray for America every day that you will never have to go through what we're going through here because they were under communism. We need to pray for our leaders. And First Timothy chapter 2 tells us to pray for those in authority. We need to be doing this. We're called to do it. <clears throat> Second Chronicles says, if my, my people who are called by name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will heal and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Jesus said, goes on to say, and my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers made in this place. We pray the prayers he called us to pray. He's going to hear them. He promises that. <clears throat> Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, 8 says, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. The adversities of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of the horns of the anointed. And then in Psalm 50 it says, For the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. And so Isaiah 66 1 said, Heaven is my throne, but the earth is my footstool. We are set here as the body of Christ to stand up for Christ, to stand up for his kingdom on this earth. We have a call in our life to do what God will do or have us do. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish for which I please. It shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. The mountains and the hills shall bring forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I'm waiting for the day to see that. God has called us to intercede and pray that we may see the day when the trees clap their hands, because it will happen. We're at the pivotal point of God's Christian, his kingdom coming on this earth as it is in heaven. It looks dark right now. But the storm will soon be over as we, the body of Christ, stand in the gap, lift up our voices before the Lord, and it will happen. And Isaiah 40, 31, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings of eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. We're at a time where we can expect that extra strength, that extra energy, renewing our youth. This is the time for this to happen as we pull in and move in close with the kingdom of God in our lives, with Jesus at the realm of our ship. We are each a vessel on this earth. Jesus is to be leading that vessel and guiding that vessel, and we will come forth with power and authority. It's pretty dark in the world spiritually right now. It's pretty dark in the world financially right now. It's pretty dark in the world with the things that are going on. But the body of Christ is the light to bring forth his kingdom, to bring forth his power and authority. He has promised us throughout the scripture that he will take us and guide us and lead us and, and go forth to be what he called us to be. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says, Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. We're stepping into this time when we will be doing that. We will be seeing people healed. We will be seeing miracles. We have to hang in there with the Lord. We have to be walking in as his anointing power and authority, praying and fasting to be ready for his kingdom to come on this earth. I thank you for each listening to me this day that God will touch each one on this call and each one that hears it, that your kingdom, God's kingdom will come in your life. God's anointing will be upon your life. His power and authority will be upon your life as you step into his kingdom greater than ever before. Walk in his anointing. Walk in his power. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit with singing, praying and singing in the Spirit. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the word of God that's coming forth this day. And I pray a blessing on each one that hears this. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for everyone who listens to this podcast, this conference call. We pray. Over the earth, of oh God, we pray, Father, for an outpouring of an angelical host. The oh God that you release and activate signs and wonders, O oh God, that signs and wonders will. We pray, Father, for an outpouring of prophecy, visions, and dreams, and the gifts of the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God. Lord God, we pray, God, that raised from the dead will become common in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of God. Lord, we pray that you will birth, birth many prophetic evangelists over the earth, oh God, that you will birth many um, um, signs and wonder, miracle ministries all over the earth, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, God, that you will raise up an army of kings and priests, oh God, in Jesus' name. Father God, we pray, Lord, Lord, that you will activate, oh God, the gifts of the Spirit. Father God, that we will, you will rearrange our schedule. You will rearrange our plans to your plans and purpose, oh God. Lord, that we will, that we will know for certainly the direction that you have given us, oh God. Father God, Lord, we just pray. Lord, for the intoxication of the Holy Ghost. 
We pray for the supernatural touch of God. In Jesus' name, we pray, Father, for breakthroughs of God in Jesus' name. Lord, we serve the miracle-working God. Lord God, Lord, if anyone who is sick among us, oh God, anyone who is sick that's listening to this podcast or conference, God, let them be radically healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Father God, we pray that you will fill us with the works of Jesus. That you will fulfill us with the works of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, release the greater works of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, Lord, we just pray, Lord, Lord, that um, morning, noon, and night, oh God. Morning, noon, and night. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, oh God. And in between, oh God, that we will flow in signs and wonders. Lord God, Lord, Father God, um, let us not limit you no more. Forgive us for limiting you, God. Lord, some of us limit you because we just don't know. Well, Lord God, we, we may have a little manifestation of but Lord God, we want a lot of manifestation. We want a lot of manifestation of God. We want so much manifestation of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, that we will not be able to, to explain what's going on. We just need to point to Jesus Christ. Lord God, as the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord through signs and wonders and mighty deeds, let us give witness of the resurrection of the Lord. Father God, we call for the activation. We call for the activation in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God. Lord, we have been given these, O oh God, but we have neglected. We have neglected, O oh God. We have denied ourselves, O oh God. We, we we have set aside these things, O oh God, to please people, O oh God, to, to get acceptance, O oh God. But it's now time to come out of our closets. It's time to come out of our closets, O oh God. Pick up these signs and wonders. Pick up the gifts of the Spirit. Pick up prophecy, vision, and dreams, O oh God. And minister, God, in the north, south, east, and west, O oh God. Lord, it's time for the modern-day book of Acts to come forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. And Father God, we pray right now. We pray right now in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God come. Let the fire of God come and burn, burn, burn. Let the fire of God come and burn, burn, burn. Lord God, I pray, Lord God. Release deliverance, oh God. Release healing, release freedom, release healing. Release miracles, release creative miracles and breakthroughs to anyone who's listening. In the name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, and Lord God, Lord, that you will use us as harvesters of God. Lord God, Lord, as we as we want to lead people to Christ of God, some plant, some water, but God gives increase. Lord, lead us, O oh God. Bring people, God. Oh, Lord, that that we will have the sign of, of, of conversion, O oh God, and people will be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they will not backslide in the name of Jesus Christ of oh God. Father God, Lord, you... You know, Charles Finney, um, um, a lot of places where he ministered, the, um, those those areas were forever changed. And, Lord, you have called us to God. When we sit wherever we go, God, people will begin to fall under the power of God. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of oh God, in Jesus' name of oh God. And, Lord, even, even when we're at the grocery store and waiting in line, oh, God, let the Holy Ghost come and, and, and everyone falls out so we can get to the um 
the line and, and get out of there. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord God, we have to give witness to God. Because I know the day will come that there will be new, no atheists because they will deny Jesus based on the knowledge of Jesus. That they, they, they just don't want Jesus. And and but there will be no atheists because it's a time of shock and awe, shock and awe, shock and awe, shock and awe, shock and awe. God, or to shock our conscience, to shock our understanding, to shock what we can perceive and and what we can receive, just shock it, and what will just be in awe. Hallelujah, glory to God. And Lord, um, people won't go to the movie theaters like like they used to. Yes, the Paul would still go there. Lord, it's not going to be the actors, the actresses, or the presidents and people that are popular. It's going to be, it's not going to just be the fivefold minister, apostle, and prophet. God, Lord, you're going to use believers. You're going to use believers, everyday believers, to do stuff that's just awesome. Hallelujah! Because the Bible talks about that 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 we're going to do greater signs, and I believe that it's talking about the whole entire body of Christ. Hallelujah! Lord God, awaken the church, awaken the church to the power of God, to the fire of God, to signs and wonders of God, to the miraculous of God, in the name of Jesus Christ of God, that we can walk in on an everyday basis in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, Errol? Amen. Amen to both Betty's message and Elvis' prayer. Hallelujah. Where two or three are gathered in his name, it shall be done. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God will go forth and it will not return void. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, let my tongue be as the pen of a ready writer. We commit this day unto you. We commit these words unto you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Hallelujah. Diplomatic immunity. Part three, hallelujah. Last month in, uh, what was that, July, on the podcast, Elvis had the main message. And usually Elvis and I kind of rotate month by month. But last month in July, I also included a short continuation of the subject on diplomatic immunity. I don't know, it was only about 15 minutes or so. I didn't really time it. But for anyone that's following this series and is interested in it and is learning anything from it, I would encourage you, if you, would, if you missed the July message on this podcast, to go back and listen to that part. It all adds together for a, an understanding. Hallelujah. On part two, I ended with uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. God will bless those who bless you, and he will curse you, curse those who curse you. Now, he's speaking directly to Abraham, yet for those of us who are born again, it includes us, for we are sons of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. As Galatians 3, 7 states, and thus we enter into this blessing of Abraham. God blesses, 
and he curses. Now, I know that doesn't fit into some people's theology, but they serve a God of their denominational imagination. They serve a God of their own imagination rather than the creator, the one who does not change, but is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Satan has infiltrated many denominations, churches with false doctrine, theology, uh, the, uh, theology, and I'll be getting more into that into the message uh, towards the end of this message. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. He not only freed us from the curse of the law of God, but from every curse that's ever spoken out of the mouths of pagans. Glory to God. Now, for religious people, people that are churchgoers, that are caught up into dead religion and tradition, it does not apply. Sorry. But for all those who are born again, blood-washed in the Lamb of God, sanctified children of God, it applies. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are the children of God, and we are blessed. As we continue, I want to continue to emphasize these six portions of Scripture that I began this with. On 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors to Christ, ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors unto Christ, which is where I'm also getting the title of diplomatic immunity. Mark chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus said, Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe. There used to be an old hymn out. Uh, Hardly ever hear the hymns anymore, unfortunately. But the hymn was only believe. And it's it's really a good hymn. Colossians 2.15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He made a public spectacle of every principality and power. He made a laughing stock out of them. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. God guards us from the evil one. Oh, there's there's a lot of people go around saying, well, Satan's attacking me, Satan's attacking me, Satan's attacking me, and it's obviously they don't know what the Word of God says because God says he'll keep you from the evil one. John 17. Turn with me to John chapter 17. We'll take three verses out of that. Well, actually, it's four, starting in verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. How many times does he have to say it, that he keeps us from the evil one, that he guards us from the evil one, that he protects us from the evil one? It's what he does. 
we can have false imaginations. We can have all kinds of false teachings, but they go against what the Word of God says. Verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Hallelujah. Be born again, blood-washed, sanctified child of God. We are in a kingdom that is not of this world. We're not advancing the kingdoms of this world. We're advancing the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I could give a flip about the United States. I could give a flip about Russia and China and South Africa. I could give a flip about South America, Central America, and Australia as political entities. I'm concerned about the people that's in them and their souls going into eternity. And what eternity do they go into? There's an eternity of hell and there's an eternity of heaven. I'm concerned about the souls of people. I'm not concerned about the politics of the countries. We serve a king and a kingdom that is not of this world. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Hallelujah. So today is going to be the... uh, longest portion that I'm going to do on this uh, diplomatic immunity. And the reason, because we're going to take it out of Numbers chapter 22, if you would turn with me to that, Numbers chapter 22. And we're going to be going, I won't be reading all of the chapters, but major portions of 22, 23, 24, in uh, three verses out of chapter 25. And the reason I don't want to break this up into two different uh, sessions is because it breaks the flow of what is trying to be established here. And it's about God's protection, about diplomatic immunity. And so, uh, again, we're we're just going to look at the protection of being a member of the Commonwealth of Israel affords us. And that Commonwealth of Israel comes out of Ephesians chapter 2. And I went over that the first time that we did this. So I'm not going to go there, but this is just part of the Commonwealth of Israel that affords us. So let's go to Numbers chapter 22, verse 1. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab, on the sides of the Jordan across from Jericho. Moab is a country of the Moabites, but Moab is also a spiritual principality. A principality is ruled by a prince. And so these, to get a better understanding, a little bit better understanding, I won't, again, go into all this to the fullness but if you'd go with uh, go with me to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. For just a moment. Daniel chapter 10. Verse 13. This angel 
this spiritual being had come to Daniel as Daniel was on a 21-day fast. And in verse 13 of chapter 10, this spiritual being, this angel, said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. He's talking about not flesh and blood. He's talking about spiritual entities. This angel had been struggling against the prince of the kingdom of Persia. You go down the same chapter, go to verse 20. And this angel, this spiritual being, then he said, "Do do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. So these princes, this prince of Persia and this prince of Greece, they're spiritual entities. They are principalities. And the angels are the ones that fight them. And I'll touch that in a a little bit here. It's important to know, I'm kind of, I like to, I like to, how do I want to say this? Um, get the church back to the authority of God's word and understandings of different words that's used in scripture. Principalities are not strongholds as listed in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Principalities are spiritual forces that are ruled by a spiritual prince, a demonic perhaps a fallen angel. Strongholds that 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about, strongholds are those things that are within each of us individually, strongholds of unbelief, strongholds of anger, strongholds of hatred or unforgiveness or false doctrines, strongholds on false beliefs of the Godhead, strongholds of like cessationism that the gifts and the power of God was for 2,000 years ago, but they don't apply today. Infant baptism is a way of salvation. Church membership is a proof of my spiritual walk, but not being born again. They're all strongholds. And when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, the, warf- the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And every vain imagination that builds itself up against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, bringing every thought, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. So he's talking specifically about the thoughts that we have in our heads. That's where the main battlefield lies, is, is in our thinking, our stinking thinking sometimes. And these strongholds will prevent us from going into the deep things of God, 
These strongholds will prevent us from maturing into Christ. These strongholds, whether it's a false doctrine, whether it's anger or bitterness or unforgiveness, whatever the stronghold in each one of us is, and we can have multiple strongholds, they will keep us from maturing. And that's what 2 Corinthians is talking about on strongholds. They're strongholds in our own mind, each one of us. That's why he said bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. We have to do that. People really, really do not study to show themselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. We study, but we don't really, you know, he told Joshua, meditate on the law day and night. And that meditation is, okay, I read that word, and then I begin to meditate on it, meditate on it, and I pray on it, I fast on it, I meditate, I pray, I fast. And, and the Spirit comes to teach us and confirm the truth to us in what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these spiritual principalities... Moab is a spiritual principality, and the angels are the ones that take care of them. Our respect, our response is what Betty shared earlier out of Second Chronicles, if my people, Christians, if my people who are called by my name, Christians, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Turning from our wicked ways of anger and bitterness and false doctrines, and, and we have to turn away from those things. And when we're showing that they're wrong, we need to respond accordingly. And as are all the Old Testament entities like the Amorites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, they all represent a demonic force for us today. The ites back then have evolved into isms today. Communism, fascism, socialism, traditionalism, denominationalism, they're all principalities and powers. But hallelujah, Jesus overcame them all and will continue to do so. Our response is to yield and to submit. Regardless of what I have been taught in the past, I have to be flexible and say, I used to believe that, but Lord, your word has shown me something different. Your spirit has shown me something different. Oy vey, I repent and I go on with you. Let's go to chapter 22, verse 2 and 3. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. Moab was exceedingly fearful, afraid. Principalities and powers are exceedingly afraid and a fearful of anyone who is born again, blood-washed, child of God. It's evidence today in a spirit-filled believer 
that goes into a church, whether it's a traditional church or someone that claims themselves to be charismatic or Pentecostal, but they're dead in the spirit, and that person begins to move in the Holy Ghost. He begins to move in signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God, and many times that person will be shown the left foot of fellowship and kicked out. It's a religious principality. It's a denominational principality. And that's what we're dealing with time and time and time again. Verse 4. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up all that is around us, as an ox licks up the dust, the, the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabs, Moabites at the time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor of Pithor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Balaam was not a Hebrew. He was not an Israelite. He was not a Levite. He was not of the tribe of Judah. Balaam was a pagan priest. He was a pagan prophet. He was a diviner. He was a soothsayer. He was a pagan theologian. And when I say theologian, we have, to, we have to grab a hold of this and understand it. Muslims have theologians. Hindus have theologians. Jews and many of the cults have theologians. Wiccans have theologians. So we've got to be alert and cautious when somebody calls themselves a theologian. A theologian of what God? What God are they studying? I'm afraid the church has fallen into the path of following famous theologians that have given them false theology instead of the truth of God's word. Let's go to verse 6. Therefore, please come at once. And I'm reading out of the New King James, as I usually do. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Blessings and cursings are real, even from pagans. The question is, who do they affect? Do we give cause for a curse to alight upon us? I addressed that in that message in July about the 25,000 witches that circle the churches in Minneapolis every year and how pastors and congregations submit to those curses. Genesis 17.20. Turn with me to Genesis 17.20 for a moment. Genesis 17, verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him. Now, this is the Lord talking. This is God talking. This is Jesus. This is the great I am talking. And I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. 
he shall beget 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. Now, there's princes in the spirit. There's also princes in the world. These are fleshly princes here that he's talking about. God will bless the work of the flesh. Ishmael was a work of the flesh. Ishmael was a fruit of the flesh. And Ishmael was the result of the flesh. And God will even bless a work of the flesh. Do we want the work of the flesh to be blessed? Or do we want the eternal work of the spirit to be blessed? There's many large churches that are only a work of the flesh. That's why they're so large. But they're still blessed just as Ishmael was. You want more proof on that, go to Psalm 106. Psalm 106. Psalm 106, verse 13 through 15. He's talking about the Israelites. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he, God, gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. So God will bless the work of the flesh. He doesn't want to. He wants people to work in the spirit, to take counsel from him and walk in the spirit and do the things of the spirit. But if people continue to walk in the flesh and cry out for their things of the flesh, God will say, okay, this is what you want. I'll give it to you. And they end up with leanness of soul. That's why there's so many dead churches. That's why there's so many dead pastors. That's why there's so many dead congregations. They have a leanness of soul because they've gone after the flesh instead of after the things of the spirit. He will grant the request of the flesh. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 7, or Numbers chapter uh, 22, verse 7. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balaam. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. And again, these princes of Moab are princes in the flesh. They're not princes of the spirit. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Here's a God that knows everything from the end to the beginning. When God asks us a question, whether it was Adam in the garden, Adam, where are you? Or here, who are these men with you? God already knows far in advance. He knew that these men were going to come to Balaam before he ever spoke Genesis 1-1 into existence. That's our God. We serve a mighty God. But he's asking Balaam. Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent sent to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. I am blessed. 
I'm not cursed. I am blessed. Jesus took all the curses. Hallelujah. I am blessed. Verse 13. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, go back to your land for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. The Lord, the great I am. At least Balaam was obedient. Hallelujah. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak again sent princes more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come, curse this people for me. And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Again, he says, the Lord, the great I am, my God, the Lord, my God. But see, he recognized the great I am as being God, but Balaam had many other gods before him also. What's God say? You shall have no other God before you. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand on the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now, it's interesting that Balaam had two servants with him, but there's nothing more that's said about his servants. But the servants saw everything that happened also. The angel of the Lord what's known as a theophany, Jesus revealing himself in the Old Testament. I'm going to skip the part of the donkey. It's one of the fun parts of Scripture, I know, but it has nothing to do with diplomatic immunity. So I'm just going to encourage everyone to go ahead and read through uh, the donkey part here on your own and enjoy what it says but I want to drop down to verse 33. The donkey saw me, the Lord is talking, the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have also killed you by now and let her live. And again, I realize that that doesn't fit into people's theology, but they don't serve the God of the Bible. They've served the God of their own imagination and their own denominations. Uh, denomination imaginations. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God that changes not. But this donkey saw him three times. Animals can see into the spirit realm. I think many of us have either suspected it or have actually experienced it and seen it. But animals can definitely see into the spirit realm. Let's go to uh, verse 38. 
And Balaam said to Balak, look, I have come to you. Now have I any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that I must speak. So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kirjath Huzoth. Then Balak offered oxen and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. It's interesting that both Balak and Balaam knew what to offer as a sacrifice. Pagans might not be as dumb as we think they are. Verse 41, this is going to be a long section. Verse 41, and we'll be uh, going right into chapter 23. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal, that from there he might observe the extent of the people. Then Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars for me here and prepare for me here seven bowls and seven rams. Balak did just as Balaam had spoken and Balak and Balaam offered a bowl and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, stand by your burnt offering and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. Now, prior to this, the other, the first time, first two times that God came to him, he didn't offer a sacrifice or anything. God sovereignly came to Balaam without him. At least the scriptures do not show that he was offering any sacrifice or anything. God came to Balaam and began to speak to him and say, you only speak what I tell you to speak. But here, Balaam and Balak offer a sacrifice to God. In verse 4, and God met Balaam, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bowl and a ram. Then the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he returned to him, and there he was standing by his burnt offering, he and all the princes of Moab, and he took up his oracle and said, now listen, an oracle is a word of the Lord that God has spoken to a person. That's an oracle. But we see in Jeremiah, and God cautions people that they're speaking the oracle of the Lord and the God never spoke it. There's people that are going around saying, God said, God said, God said, and God never said it. And woe to that person that says God said, and he never really heard from God. But if it's a real oracle from God, you can speak it. And that's what Balaam is doing here. And he took up his oracle and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me and come denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom El, God, has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord, the I am, has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him, from the hills I behold him. There, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself amongst the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number even one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my end be like his. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? 
Then Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only the outer part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. So he brought him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bowl and a ram on each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet the Lord, the I am, over there. Then the the Lord, the I am, met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering, and the princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? Then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You cannot, nobody can reverse the blessing of God. Say it again, I am blessed. Say it again, I am blessed. Nobody can reverse the blessing of God. Verse 21, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. Emmanuel, God with us. He was revealing himself to them all the time at that point too. The Lord his God is with him. Emmanuel, I am L. I am the great I am. I am Emmanuel, God with us. And the shout of a king is amongst them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has the strength like a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob. There is no cursing. There is no enchantment. Nor is there any divination against Israel. There is no fortune telling. There is no enchantment. There is no sorcery. There is no cursing against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God hath done. At the cross, Jesus made a public spectacle of every principality and power. There's no sorcery, there's no cursing, there's no divination, there's no fortune telling that can come upon the people of God if you're walking with God. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah chapter 25 for just a moment. One verse out of there. Isaiah 25, verse 9. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. This is Yahweh. This is the great I Am. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Let me read that again. And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And we can tie that right back into uh, verse 23 of Numbers 23. For there is no sorcery against Jacob. There is... uh, nor is there any divination against Israel, 
it now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. Oh, what God has done. Hallelujah. Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Then Balak said to Balaam, neither curse them at all nor bless them at all. So Balaam answered and said to Balak, did I not tell you? Saying, all that the Lord speaks, that I must do. Got to give Balaam credit. He was obedient to a certain extent. He was obedient for a portion of time. Verse 27, then Balak said to Balaam, please come, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland. Then Balaam said to Balak, build for me here seven altars and prepare for me here seven bowls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bowl and a ram on every altar. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord, it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go out as at other times to seek to use sorcery. So there was sorcery that was being used previously, but this time he didn't. But he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Now here is a pagan priest, a pagan prophet, a soothsayer, a diviner. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor. The utterance of the man whose eyes are opened. The utterance of him who hears the words of God who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. There's, you know, it's normal for people to fall down when the presence of God comes in. People cannot stand up when the presence of God is there. I'd like to go into that more, but when we were down in Manaus, Brazil, 12,000 people were on the floor. 12,000 people out in the spirit, 12,000 people. The Lord was doing spiritual surgery on them. When I came down from the prayer tower and I walked in and saw 12,000 people on the floor, there was only about five of us, including myself, that was standing. I was up on the prayer tower praying that whole time, and I heard the screams of the people 17 stories down. That's where I was at on top of a roof 17 stories high. And uh, there was about 22 of us up there. And we, when we heard the screams of the people from down below, we knew the Lord was visiting them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 5, how lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. It's all good. He shall pour waters from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than a gag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his enemies. He shall break their bones and pierce them with his arrows. He bows down. He lies down as a lion and as a lion who will rouse him. Blessed is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. Then Balak's anger was aroused against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. And Balak said to Balaam, I call you to curse my enemies. And look, you have bountifully blessed them. 
bountifully, bountifully, bountifully bless them these three times. Now, therefore, flee your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact, the Lord has kept you back from honor. So Balaam said to Balak, did I not also speak to your messengers whom you sent to me, saying, though Balak were to give me this, his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord. I could not go beyond the word of the great I am to do either good or bad of my own will. But what the Lord, Yahweh, says, that must I speak. Only blessing comes to the children of Israel, the children of God. And part of the blessing of Abraham is to be blessed and not cursed. But there is a caution. Drop down to chapter 25, verses 1, 2, and 3. Then Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their God, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. You shall have no other gods before you. Now, it isn't the problem with the women. Okay, it's just how they infiltrated. The enemy tries to curse us from outside, bring persecution and give all this stuff, but it's kind of a, uh, what do you call it, uh, a false thing what he's doing because what he's actually doing is trying to infiltrate us from the inside. People can make their businesses or sports or even their families or even their children as gods. But we shall not have any gods before us. Balak and Balaam attempted to curse God's chosen, but they could not. The enemy will always try to corrupt from the outside, but the infiltration comes from within. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, now the Spirit express, expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Just that throws out Calvinism right there, one of the many, many verses that uh, disprove Calvinism, once saved, always saved. You can't be in the faith and leave. Some will depart from the faith. They will depart from the faith. So they had faith and they departed. And I know the theological thing from the pit of, hell, pit of hell says, oh, well, they didn't have faith. Well, again, they're not saying what the word of God says because this word says that they had faith and they departed from it. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The infiltration and the corruption comes from within. Churches that ordained the LG. B, T, Q, X, Y, Z, or whatever it is. Churches that advance the wokeness and the liberalism and the socialism. They close their doors because the government tells them to. And then they open their doors to give vaccinations, a jab that's from the pit of hell. But Jesus is the head of the church, and if Jesus never told them to close the church, they never should have closed it. Any church that closed because the government told them they could just as well keep their doors closed because they never preached the gospel and Jesus was never the head of the church in the first place. 
their deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And Proverbs 26, 2, again, says, a curse without a cause shall not alight. It's not entirely uncommon for God to reveal himself to pagans. And in some way, he did it to each one of us before we were born again. Isn't that right? Let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. We're just about done. Acts chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 20, 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Aeropagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. See, there's a lot of religious people. Religious people go to church. Religious people do all kinds of stuff. Cornelius was religious, but he wasn't saved in Acts chapter 10. There's all kinds of religious people. Religion will get you nowhere. Religion is a work of the flesh. He says you must be born again. Let's go on. He says, I perceive that in all things you are very religious, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to life all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one. He's not far from Balaam. He wasn't far from Balak. He's not far from any of us. He's right there, right there if we cry out for him. Verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, for as some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Now this poet was a guy by the name of Eratus, A-R-A-T-U-S. He lived around, um, what was it, uh, 300 B.C. And uh, this poet was a pagan poet, but this poet, said that we are all his offspring. And Paul is giving him credit for that. For we are all his offspring because we all came from Adam and Eve. We all came from Noah and his sons and daughters. We all came from that same... See, there's no such thing as race. That's a political thing that caused division. We're a people of one blood. One blood. We're a people of one blood. That's why... If I get injured and, I, and I'm, uh, I need a blood transfusion, I can take blood from a black or from a red or from a yellow, whatever you, however you want to call it. Or they, if they need a kidney or if they need a heart or if they need a, uh, a liver, I can donate it to them. And it works in them because there's no such thing as race. That has been brainwashed into the people. We're of one blood. That pigmentation on the skin that gives us coloration is only a microscope, you know, a micrometer deep. We all have the same blood, 
oh, we might have A, B, and negative, and, and positive, and O, and all that, but we're still one blood. We are all his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, he has given him assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, we will hear you again in this manner. Balaam heard the voice of God. He saw him. He only spoke what God spoke to him. But how sad it is that pagans, heathen, can hear the voice of God and even have visitations when many who claim to be Christians cannot even hear him. John 10:27 says, My sheep hear my voice. Perhaps they have never been born again in the Spirit, and they're relying on church membership or dead traditions, or their pastor tells them they're okay, but there's no real relationship with God. I would never believe any person, including someone who calls himself a pastor, with my eternal salvation. I would never I would never believe a denominational teaching and leave my eternal salvation in a denominational teaching. You can know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved. Church membership, infant baptism, confirmation, catechism, none of that causes you to be born again. Diplomatic immunity is what the children of God had as they were making their way through the promised land. And the promised land is not heaven. The promised land is for you and I to obtain all the promises of God in this life now. It's not heaven. Promised land is not heaven. There's no giants in heaven. There were giants in the promised land. There's enemies in the promised land. And we have to overcome the enemy. We have to overcome those uh, encumbrances, those hindrances, those obstacles to receive the promises. But this diplomatic immunity is what the children of Israel had. They had protection from curses as they traveled through Moab. And it's very much exampled in Numbers chapter 21 through 24. And diplomatic immunity, the same that they had, is for every Christian as an ambassador for Christ. We only have to believe. Hallelujah. So this ends part three. And there's a lot, lot more parts to this, but this one, I, 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 like I said, I had, to, I had to keep it together to keep it in a flow. The rest of the parts that uh, there might be four or five additional parts to this, but they won't be this long. There's much more to the diplomatic immunity, yet very few people have ever heard of it. Why? Very few people have ever heard the kingdom of God being preached. Why? Very few people walk in the power of God. Why? Because they don't believe. Yet you need to be born again to enter into this protection. 
and are you born again? Only you can answer that question. Do you hear the voice of the good shepherd? Father, I just commit this message on to you. Diplomatic immunity to every born-again, blood-washed, sanctified child of God, men, women, child, whatever age they are, as long as they're born again, they're your children. They They are your sons and daughters. And I pray this diplomatic immunity for each one of them, that no curse can come upon them, that they walk circumspectly with you, that, Lord, that you lead them by your spirit, that you do give them the dreams and visions, that you do correct them, that you do admonish them, that you do encourage them, that you do lead them by your eye as Psalm 32 says, up close and personal, that you lead them with your eye. Bless this message and let the teaching of diplomatic immunity go in. Let these verses go down deep into the soul and into the spirit so people walk in this because we are coming into a day, we are coming into a time where everything that will be shaken will be shaken. And the only thing that remains is going to be the kingdom of God. And people have put their hopes in in, uh, government. They've placed their hope in in a nation. They've placed their hopes in everything around about them horizontally. But their hope has to be vertical. Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And you have given us these incredible promises these incredible protections, and we are a blessed people of God, and we walk in your blessings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. I turn it back over to Elvis. Blessings. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. And um, if you're listening to this podcast and conference call and, and you don't know Jesus Christ, you want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, or you never heard those words, um, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Now pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, we believe you are the Son of God. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. We believe in the incarnation of Christ, the death, the burial, and resurrection. We believe that you have forgiven us of all of our sins. Wash the name washes by the blood of Jesus and write our name in the Lamb's book of life and you have saved us. Come in our heart. Live and abide with us forever. Lord Jesus Christ, we confess you as Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, we confess you as Savior. Lord God, let me be born again. Let me be saved. I commit my life totally to you. Let me be a new Christian. Save me now and fill me full of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Amen. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, um, praise God. Please um, visit our, our, our podcast like uh, we told in the beginning. And um, like Errol, you can listen to all past Errol's um, messages and, and um you know, if you have a Saturday, um, take take some time off and 
and just go through it. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and it'll sure be beneficial for you to do so. Hallelujah. Thank you. And amen. God bless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.